you know? Nothing really makes sense. I wake up every day, my name is Joe every day, I'm hella tired every day, and I hate coffee every day. Welcome to Cup of Joe, the podcast where I talk about everything but coffee. Hello guys, thank you and welcome. And thank you for joining me today on the very first episode of Cup of Joe. And I'm your host, Joe. And for today's very first episode, we're going to be talking about what essentially it is I'm doing here why I'm doing it, and why you should stick along with me while I'm doing it. Well, you don't have to stay, but but if you do want to hear why I did start a podcast, stick around. So whether you're up and at him in the morning with your cup of joe, or whether you're just at home relaxing, thank you for being here, and hopefully you stick out through the end. I made this podcast because I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to connect with people and I wanted to share relatable stories with people. I I just feel like I myself, I've just always been a people person and I just always love talking to people. I love like engaging in day-to-day conversations. I love learning about people. This people are it for me. And honestly, it doesn't even matter what we're talking about, just as long as we're talking about something like I'm the type of person I will argue with anyone about anything, any time of the day, anywhere about any subject. I literally just have that much to say. Is that a bad thing? I mean, well, fuck it. Deal with it. And But <laughs> I've just always been a people person. And like, if it's one thing about me, I don't want to say I love to run my mouth, but, but a bitch can talk her shit, okay? But, you know, while I'm talking my shit, I also wanted to connect with people. I also really wanted to connect, um, create a safe space for, you know, black, BIPOC, LGBT, fat, skinny, queer, trans, Indian, Mexican, just everything. You name it all. I wanted to create a safe space for essentially anyone who's felt like they haven't had one or just anyone who's ever been in a position in life where they felt like, okay, who can I talk to? Who can I go to? As a black person, especially as a black woman, I just feel like I've had some experiences where I really couldn't find anyone to vent to or talk to just due to the fact that I just honestly don't think that they'd get it. I just really don't think that they'd understand. And I just find it so much easier and just... Yeah, just so much easier and it almost like takes a weight off my shoulders when I know that when I'm venting about something that's bothering me and I'm doing it to someone who can relate to me and can understand me, like to me, it makes me feel less alone because I know that, okay, someone else is going through the same thing I went through. Like it's not just happening to me, that there's other people I can go to within my community to get, you know, feedback and to get advice. I feel like there's nothing more frustrating than when you're just trying to vent or just get shit off your chest, but you're doing it to the completely wrong person. Like if I'm trying to talk to you, right, and I'm trying to like, you know, tell you something, you know, for like for like therapeutic quality or therapeutic purposes, or I'm just, you know, just need to vent. And like if I'm venting to you and like I don't see you give me any type of advice back or if I see your body language is out of shape or like you feel if I just feel like you're not listening to me and like what I'm saying like is no necessarily not necessarily clicking with you I'm gonna just stop fucking talking I'm gonna take my story and I'm gonna fucking go elsewhere like if I'm trying to talk to you and you know we're not understanding each other then what are we doing here like you don't understand me I clearly don't understand you so I'm gonna just find someone who does but like 
See, that's the thing. Like, when you can't find anyone to vent to or relate to, you just end up holding up all that, you know, all that negativity inside, baby. You just end up holding it in. And, like, it gets to the point where you just hold it in and hold it in and hold it in to the point where, like, you know, you explode. And, like, I feel like that shit is just not really healthy because, like, it doesn't work and it never has worked. Because me, personally, I am someone who just tends to, you know, not necessarily express my emotion and kind of i internalize a lot of things there we go i internalize a lot of my problems and you know some for some people you know for some people it works for me i'm just you know i always have that mindset anything i say can be used against me but that shouldn't mean that i should not want to you know express myself you know what i mean but i just prefer someone who will understand or at least make an effort to understand me Because I feel like it makes, you know, it makes the effort and it makes the process of storytelling a whole lot more fun and a whole lot more easier because then you don't have to explain as much if you, if you get what I'm saying. But I know I cannot be the only person who's felt like there just wasn't anyone I could talk to. And it was like just about the day-to-day things that happened, just the shit that pissed me off. It just really doesn't have to be anything deep. It doesn't have to be anything serious. Like you don't got to be like, oh, so-and-so died like shit we need money for the funeral like I don't know how I'm gonna pay this shit off and just like it literally does not have to be that and I feel like people only like vent when there's like detrimental shit going on you can vent about missing a bus you could vent about paying bills you can vent about breathing and that's the type of vent I do shit because I'm, I'm tired of this shit but <laughs> I just I remember when I was coming to America and it was almost like my parents brought me here they brought me to the land of the free to ruin my fucking life I had the worst experience trying to fit into American customs and just like essentially learn what American culture was. Little did I know, it doesn't really exist. They like crammed that shit down my throat and you know, just like, I just wanted to be like everyone else in American society. When I first moved to America, I moved to none other than the capital of drip and swag, food, culture, excellence. Like I moved to Black Hollywood essentially. Like I moved to Atlanta, Georgia and like, The thing about moving from, you know, my small community in Nigeria to, like, such a big place like Atlanta, especially where there was, like, a heavy population of black people, was that I noticed that there were, like, a whole lot of people, like, and I mean a whole lot of people, more people than I had ever seen back in my village in Nigeria. Like, there was, like, a plethora of people. And, like, it was really overwhelming just because, like, I was looking around and I was, like, really taking it in. I, when I, I was taking it in, like, I was staring at everything, anywhere, anyone, anywhere, anyhow. Like, literally, I was just looking left and right. Like, have you guys seen that picture of Miley Cyrus with just the huge-ass piercing blue eyes? Well, I was posted up looking like that. And I looked like that for, like, at least three weeks. Like, moving, just, like, walk, putting, like, my first step into the airport and just seeing just, like, all these people, I kind of felt, like, a tad bit nervous because, like I said... No one necessarily looked like me. I just think it's really important to associate with your kind of people. Like, you know what I mean. Like, you know when you move to a new place and you like, you know, you join a club or you join like a singing club. That's something you have in common with these group of people. And when I moved to America, I didn't have nothing in common with nobody, bro. Like, shit. I was nervous. Something that I just learned 
over you know my time growing up is that just because you look like somebody just because you have the same attributes and qualities as somebody that does not obligate them to treat you the same or treat you fairly because you can still be discriminated and hated against by people in your own community by your own skin by your own family bro anyone can hate on you just because you look like someone else don't ever think that that holds them to being nice to you or treating you the same way I think that there's a big separation between black African Americans and just like Africans. You know, in Africa, you can't really discriminate people. You can't really discriminate against people based on skin color because everyone's the same. You know, it's I feel like in Africa, it's like it's, you know, rich or poor or pretty and ugly. But, you know, we move to America where you have all these different types of races and, you know, they're the possibility of being discriminated against is very present and it very much happens and you know also that you know goes without saying everyone is black so that's that's what i'm trying to get to everyone is black so you can't discriminate how the fuck you gonna discriminate against another black person think about it bro but before i go back to the story about me coming to america and how hard and how horrible it was i just wanted to like you know give a little disclaimer that kids little children Children under the age of 13 are evil as fuck. Because, like, if you really think about it, if you really do think about it, like, if you ever had a kid run up to you and be like, oh my god, I really like your hair. That same child could come up to you and be like, oh my god, you're so fucking ugly. Because, like, that has to be the truth. That has to be the truth. They don't know you. They don't know where you're from. Why would they try to like your... Why would they try to say something to make you feel better? If they don't know you. Exactly, bro. That's my point. Children are so humbling because they always tell the truth. When I went to, you know, school, when it got to the point that I started having, having to go to school, I ran into a lot of problems with the girls at school because I was so different from everyone else. And it's it was almost like a shock to me because I was so different, but I was also black. So I also kind of, I didn't get, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why people like treated me the way they did. Going to school was absolute hell. It was horrible. I hated it. The way these children made fun of me, the way these little girls bullied me and like, they love to say, oh, you'll grow out of your insecurities. You'll learn to love yourself or you'll grow into them. And like, no, no, that is way, way, way easier said than done. Every time I think about the way these kids tormented me, because, like, these kids were brutal, bro. Like, these kids didn't give no fucks. Like, they hurt me to the core. And, like, you always remember some of the hurtful things that people say to you. Like, you will, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. And you try to be like, oh, like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect me. But deep down inside, it hurts. Every time I think about the way these kids tormented and just essentially made me literally hate myself, it it really just makes my blood boil because I know that there's another immigrant African beautiful African immigrant girl out there having to you know move to America and adapt to new customs and learn the American way or it doesn't even have to be an immigrant just anyone moving from a, relocating anyone going from point A to point B and having to you know essentially get comfortable in that space because getting uncomfortable is the most fucking uncomfortable ever there's nothing more you know questioning or can or more there's nothing more confusing and nothing more uncomfortable than trying to like you know find your balance in a new school or a new job or like a new workplace 
finding your groove, you know, doesn't necessarily feel the best and it can kind of be time consuming if you don't, if you don't even know who to get your groove from, you know what I mean? If you don't even know who to go to to find a groove. If there's no one to provide the vibes for you, it can be really hard to find your groove. And it was really hard for me to find my groove. I didn't even have a groove until I was like 17, 16. I was grooveless, literally. Oh, and a quick little funny story, quick little story for you guys. Since we are talking about me going to school in America, the most detrimental thing that's happened to me. So, in eighth grade, I had this boyfriend. And he was my first boyfriend ever. Well, well, he was my first boyfriend, you know, that actually, like, you know, talked to me and, you know, held my hand, took me out in public. Why am I saying took me? We were in eighth grade. Take me where? The fucking skating rink? Like, he would hold my hands in the hallway. And when we first started dating, right, I had just got my hair done by my mom. And, you know, when I say those kids tormented me, that's what they tormented me about. They tormented me about my hair. When I first came to America, I had, you know, well, the standard, I don't, I don't know if it's a standard, maybe I just had it. The haircut or the hairstyle that I, haircut, I'm not even gonna lie, the haircut that I had in Nigeria was similar, very, very similar to a little boosty badass fade. I essentially had no hair, but you know, I didn't make that choice. To me, it was very empowering because that's the way all the girls wore their hair in my village in Nigeria. Having short hair in a country like that, it's just very liberating. And, you know, it fills the woman with power. And I feel like back then society, you know, wasn't as accepting with women having short hair as they are now. Like, I feel now like you will see a woman with, you know, no hair or bald hair. And you won't even question. You'd be like, yes, honey, like she got no hair, period. Like back then, like you literally had no hair and people be like, do you have cancer what the fuck is wrong with you where's your hair and that's essentially what they made fun of me for and that was the thing that was the thing at school was i had no hair and i looked like a dude back to the story right so my mom did my hair and i i felt great i felt pretty like i promise you like there is no better feeling than getting your hair done there's no there's no better feeling than like that first picture after you get your hair colored washed and dyed and like flat ironed or whatever the hell you do to your hair there's no better feeling than doing doing that to your hair and then taking a picture so shit i got my hair done and i was feeling myself couldn't nobody tell me shit i was that bitch and i will remain that bitch and you know now that i got my hair done you know people were you know starting to die down with the shit talking you know but but you know it's coming to the point where i gotta take my hair out and it's coming to the point where he just might have to see me with my natural hair. And mind you, mind you, mind you, he was new to school. So he'd never seen me with my natural hair. Because when we started dating, I had my hair done. So, you know, the day is coming where my mom is forcing me to take my braids out. And I'm like arguing with her. I'm like, mom, please don't take my hair out. This will literally ruin me. You don't know what this will do to me. But like, she was right. Like, my braids were hanging on for dear life. Like, I don't even know how long I had them things in. Like, I had them things in for months. Them shit was very musty, very stale, very gross, but I had to take them out. And I just remember going to bed that night, and, you know, I almost, it almost brought me to tears just because, like, I was really sad, and I just was really nervous about going to school the next day. And, you know, having to show, essentially, my boyfriend my natural hair, mind you, everyone made fun of me for having hair, and he hadn't seen me yet. So I assumed the worst that, you know, he would break up with me and he'd start making fun of me and start calling me a dude. So I went to school the next day and, you know, he saw me in the hallway and he saw my hair. And 
to my surprise, he didn't break up with me, bro. Like, he stayed with me, man. And that feeling was just exhilarating. I was like, yes, 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 yes. I finally found someone who would, you know, want to talk to me and want to spend time with me, you know, not judge me based on what everyone else was saying about me. Because them kids ran my name through the dirt. They dragged me through the mud, man. Like, them kids did me so dirty. But I felt so happy and I finally felt like, yes, I finally had a friend. Which, right, I'm gonna let you, if your boyfriend is your only friend right now, because I know a lot of people personally who their boyfriends are the only, you know, outlet and are the only type of communication they get. And if you are one of those people, please text your friends and please try to make friends again or try to go out again because, you know, cutting off all your friends for one person for one boy will leave you very miserable very lonely and then when he does leave not saying he will but god forbid he does who the fuck are you gonna talk to exactly bro so anyway i see him at school he sees me with my natural hair we're cool we're happy i feel great i was like finally i know he likes me for me because you know my looks don't matter or so i thought so we're walking down the hallway, right? You know, we're holding hands. And I, I feel like we've been dating for like two months now. Yeah, we were dating for like two months. And so we're in the hallway and this kid, he stops me and my boyfriend and he looks at us up and down, right? And like, mind you, it is locker time. In middle school, locker time is the social hub. Everyone is talking shit about locker time. We're all passing information. We passing snacks. And I don't know if this happened at y'all middle school, but at my middle school, when it was locker time, we traded shoes with each other. Like locker time was the time to shine. Literally. Oh my God. But I saw this kid and he saw me and my boyfriend in the hallway. And the what he does is he stops, looks at us, and he looks at Darius. That's, what, that's my boyfriend's name. And then he looks at me. And then he was like, oh my God, Darius, bro. Why didn't you tell me you and your brother went to the same school, man? I could have swore I know you and your brother transferred here at the same time. Man, what's your name is? Damn, just telling that story, that low-key brought a lot of feelings back. (laughs) I was just stopped in the hallway and my boyfriend, I was mistaken for my boyfriend's brother his blood brother we both had matching haircuts we both had fades so i understand i don't i'm not even gonna say i understand because everyone knew i was a girl but like i said that was the joke that was a joke in middle school was that i was a dude Uh, oh my god wow wow and i mean after that had just happened you know because like i said he said it at locker time the whole hallway got quiet everybody just shut the fuck up because, like, he obviously did it to be mean. Like, I've seen this kid before. He knows my name. He knows I'm a girl. You could guess how I was feeling. You could probably guess I'm not feeling too hot. But I looked at his face, and, like, all the color in his face was just fucking gone. Just depleted. I don't know how it's possible for a black person to turn purple. But he did. He stopped breathing. I couldn't feel his pulse no more. And it was just like, wow. And, like, I really don't blame him. I really don't blame him for breaking up with me, which he did the very next morning on the bus ride to school. After that, bro, after that experience, after that just happened, I was so angry and I was just so broken just because like the boyfriend that I thought I had, the dude, oh my, this literally makes me want to throw up. Why am I talking about eighth grade relationships? 
I just remember <laughs> being so misunderstood and just being so angry for like two plus years. I was just a really angry, angry, angry black girl running around the EA. Oh, also EA. When I say EA, that means that it means East Atlanta. But yes, I just remember running around the EA and just being mad as fuck. And, you know, it kind of got to the point where I started to believe what these kids were saying because, you know, they called me ugly. And I'm not even going to sit here and try to front because the way I was getting treated at school did make me act out a little bit and it did make me show my ass. And, you know, I re- I felt like I really couldn't come home to my parents and tell them what was going on with me just because, like, in an ethnic household, like, I just felt like my parents wouldn't necessarily understand why me having short hair was not necessarily an issue, but they doesn't they wouldn't understand why I cared. Because my mom always told me not to care what other people think. But it's, but you know, it's hard to not care what other people think when you know that you're different from other people. And the reason that they're thinking that is because you're different. So I kind of, after that, I kind of just start to show my ass. And like when I say show my ass, I feel like the kind of energy I have always portrayed is class clown energy. Like I really just be doing dumb shit for no reason. And I started doing more dumb shit. I did so much dumb shit I went to jail. Period. Anyway, and like I started fighting and I started cursing. I started, cur- I've been cursing. Like I started getting into fights with my mom. Like I, I got in trouble with boys and it was just, it was just really, really bad. And then it got to the point where I had to ask myself, what the fuck am I doing? This is so crazy me saying this because at the time this happened, I was literally 14. You know, the older I got and you know, the angrier I got because I was angry <laughs> and I was like pissed off for a really long time. Because I, like I said, I had suppressed and built up emotions that I didn't have a healthy outlet. I didn't, I didn't have anyone to go to and to tell that to. So, I, you know, I just built it up. But after that, after being angry, I realized that being angry and upset at the world will only get you so far. You can only get so far with, you know, being angry and essentially blaming other people for how your life went wrong. Like, I feel like there's just a time in your life where you just got to try. You know, you just got to attempt. And, you know, where I felt like I was like since you know these kids were so mean to me and they were so brutal i'm just i have no choice i have to be mean i have to be brutal i gotta start you know i gotta get my guard up basically essentially that's what happened and i was like all right bro since these kids like you know like they want to treat me nice and they got them nice to say about me i'm really gonna give them a reason to talk shit about me you know i just thought like well they said this about my hair and they said this about my body and this about my skin i was like man shit just because they said that about my hair that don't that don't mean my hair is not gonna grow because I said this about my body, that don't mean my body ain't gonna like, you know, change. I don't mean my ass is gonna get fatter. You know what I'm saying? And I like, after like I told myself that and I was like, it really doesn't fucking matter because like it was 14. Everyone thinks that, you know, 14 is a time in your life where, you know, everything matters. All the non-important things matter, essentially. So I was just paying attention to like the wrong things. And I told myself that even if my hair is stuck this way, even if my body is stuck this way, what about it? Literally, what about it? Fuck them. Fuck them kids. Fuck them snot-nosed kids. I love myself. Even if my hair doesn't grow, even if my body does stay the same, it's okay because it's my hair and my body to love. And after I told myself I was going to stop being mad and angry at the world, or that I'm just going to like be my true genuine self and that when I decided I'm only going to put natural and good things back into the universe, you can only get natural and good things back, baby. 
you know, when you stop trying to live for other people and you stop caring about what other people say and you just, you know, take the step back and start to live for you and do the things that benefit you and wear your hair how you want to wear it, dress how you want to wear it, life is going to look up. When I started doing that, you know, essentially I found my crowd. I found my people. Like I found my group of friends. That's when I made the friends that I've been longing for since I was in middle school. And like once I made the effort to understand people instead of feeling like I had no one to talk to and feel like I'm alone because I wasn't, I wasn't alone. I just was so angry and just like so beat up. I just like completely stopped trying to understand people and stopped trying to like stop trying to talk to people, which is like really funny because that's, that's like the number one thing I love doing now. But after I did that, things just started to look up for me. Like things, you know, slowly, 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 I started to love myself more. And, you know, slowly I fell in love with myself. And that's actually something I'm really proud that I could, I'm really proud of myself for saying is that I love myself. I, Josephina Groa, love myself. And for what it's worth, if you're in that really uncomfortable position right now in life where you feel like, there's no one you can talk to and you feel like no one will understand and no one will get it. I am here to assure you that there's always someone out there for you. What's meant for you will come to you. All you got to do is just sit back, be yourself and wait for the blessings to come to you. Because when I decided that I'm going to stop listening to what other people say, and I'm just going to focus on myself and get me right for me, not because I want them to like me, but because I want to feel better about myself. Everything you could ever possibly want will come to you. So what face me is, is a segment of the show or a segment that I want to incorporate to the show where I will talk about the moon's fade, <laughs> the moon's fade, <laughs> she got a nice lineup. I mean, talk about the moon's face and I will talk about how it affected me in my week. And also a little disclaimer, I am heavily, heavily, heavily into astrology. So if you don't know too much about astrology, stop what you're doing, educate yourself and come back. Cause what I'm about to say is not going to make any sense. So today is February 8th and right now the moon is in Capricorn and the phase it's in, it's in the waning crescent. And some of the, you know, when the moon is in Capricorn, you might be finding yourself, you know, acting a little bit different than what you might normally act, just to put it simply. When the moon's in Capricorn, you might be feeling a little bit more ambitious, more focused, and more practical because those are the kind of the traits that go into making up a Capricorn. You know, Capricorns are known for being really hardworking and super t- focused and super grounded. That's one thing I really like love about Earth signs and Capric and Capricorns especially is that they always know their next move. Like if it's one thing, you will never catch a Capricorn lagging or slacking because they already know what the fuck's going on. Like Capricorns are just so self-sufficient. And they're just, they're just capable of doing so much by themselves. And I feel like that, that goes with a lot of earth signs. A lot of earth signs are just very grounded and kind of already know what, already know what they want. So this week I found myself being a little bit more ambitious than I normally would. But more importantly, I found myself being more focused. I, when it comes to school and it comes to homework, that's not me. That's not my alley. That's not my lane. But for some reason... This week, I actually found myself putting aside time for my homework instead of, you know, leaving it all until the last minute, you know, leaving it all until Sunday and try to get it through at 11.59. Usually, that's the way I work. And usually, it really doesn't fucking work. The way I do it doesn't work because my grades are never that good and I'm always fucking shit up. But with the moon Capricorn, I actually found myself wanting to... You know, I wanted to kind of get my life together and like take myself seriously and take my schoolwork seriously and just like really try and put my foot down 
And I, I noticed that. And I was like, oh, when did I start putting the time aside for me to do homework? When did I start wanting to fix my life all of a sudden? When did I, when did I want to stop partying? And, well, actually, we can't party. When did I stop wanting, you know, doing the things I like doing for fun and actually take the time to sit down and get my actual life together? And that was just a really weird feeling to have because usually, like, I don't want to say, I'm a Libra. I don't want to say that I don't think about things, but I do tend to be somewhat of an airhead sometimes and I don't make the best decisions. So for me being a Libra and I find myself putting aside time to like, you know, do homework and get my life together was very strange and like very new to me. So then when I found out the moon was in Capricorn, I was like, oh, I'm probably more focused and more ambitious because the moon is in Capricorn. And also that goes to say, if you don't believe in astrology, if you think everything I'm saying is bullshit and made up, good for you, babe. Good for you being so mature and just, you know, being so different and being so far apart from everyone else. Good job. Now fucking leave and never listen to my podcast again. Thank you. So, yes, back to the moon being in Capricorn. When I find myself wanting to do more practical things and, you know, do more things that would benefit me in my academic life, it was just kind of a shocker because like I said I don't normally do things like that and you know I should start doing things like that whether the fucking moon is in Capricorn or not I just really should start taking my academic studies seriously but yeah that's a little bit about my week and how I thought the moon being in Capricorn affected me so wow I can't believe I like it's my first podcast episode I'm hella proud of myself let me know what you want me to talk about if you know me personally like dm me on instagram and like tell me to talk about something and if you do not know me personally you can find my instagram handle at j-o-s-x-t-i-n-e and i am josephine you can dm me there and you can just you know tell me what you want me to talk about and tell me what you liked tell me what you didn't like don't, don't hurt my feelings too much though but with that being said thank you so much guys please leave a review tell me how you liked it and hopefully you're with me here on my next episode because i'm here for the long run i plan to do this for a while so cheers to that all right goodbye guys